everybody, and thank you for tuning into the Saving Sophie podcast. I am here with my amazing little girl, Sophie. Say hi, Sophie. Hi. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Grammy-nominated musician and legend, Julian Marley, who is the son of the late, great Bob Marley. Julie and I met earlier this year under some really unfortunate circumstances when his daughter, Kaveri, had been diagnosed with a really aggressive brain tumor just nine months prior to us meeting at the tender age of 10. They had sought help from medical cannabis professionals in their home state of Florida after their oncologist did not give Kaveri very high hopes. This was a really, really terrible diagnosis where chemotherapy and radiation were the only options, and those options were for life extension alone. What they had hoped would be their saving grace when they began using cannabis medicine ended up being a lesson in just how hard it is to find quality care in still a very turbulent market. It's shocking still, since as a Marley, you would think that the best cannabis in the world would be right at these guys' fingertips. But that was not the case. Instead, they spent tens of thousands of dollars for subpar hemp oil that brought their young child little to no benefit. Unfortunately, the cannabis regimen and alternative protocols continued to fail Kaveri, and she began declining further. Julian decided to pack his family up, fly out to California, and so they could come to a market that was far more advanced medicinally and had access to people like myself and my family that had oils that really focused on aiding children that were very, very sick. Our line, Canakids, was developed for this specific reason, and after working with thousands and thousands of patients, we've really began to understand how you can use this medicine effectively and efficiently without having the psychoactivity from the THC. But unfortunately, by the time Kaveri got to us, her disease was far too advanced, and just a few short weeks later, she was called home. During this time, we were able to enroll Kaveri in our clinical trial led by Dr. Anahid Jewett, who you will hear from in another one of our podcasts. Through studying Kaveri and my daughter, Sophie, and by looking at both of their brain tumors, both low-grade for my daughter and high-grade for Kaveri, the research team has now made some amazing discoveries that we hope will lead us to non-toxic treatments for both of these diseases. I made Julian a promise. I promised him that we would continue to fight for better treatments for kids like our girls and that we would do it in both of their names. And that's what we've continued to do. Our goal is the same, to end pediatric cancer so children like ours no longer have to suffer from toxic drugs that are over 40 years old due to the lack of advancements in clinical research. And so parents like us don't stand here helpless, praying for a miracle that is often nowhere in sight. Welcome to the show. I want to thank you again so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today and talk about some really, really difficult things that have happened um, this year. But before we jump into that, I want to talk a little bit more about just you and your life and how you've grown up because you have this really, really incredible upbringing. And with most of us, most of us have been really, truly raised that cannabis is a drug. I mean, I know I have. And it's it's not uh, the medicinal kind of drug that we were taught growing up as yeah. children. It was always demonized, yeah. the devil's lettuce, whatever you want to call it. It's It's been yeah. one of those things that, you know, our parents have always said, stay away from, stay away from. A drug that can be really addictive and harmful. Um, but that's not how you were raised at all. Your family has been fighting for legalization of this plant for decades and now that the awareness around the medical benefits of cannabis is shifting, 
What really most yeah. excites you about the future of this plant and, and just kind of fill us in on how your life was so much different than, say, someone like mine? Well, first of all, our parents were being taught that by their parents, which were taught that by their parents, which all comes back from a system, you know. Because exactly. What I know about the herb, I've heard that the herb is the healing of the nation. That is what, that is what you know, that's the, the knowledge that I've gotten to find about herb. The first thing I got to hear about herb was herb is the healing of the nation. Mm-hmm. Herb was found on King Solomon's tomb, which was the wisest man on earth, you know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, you know, being that the herb was already ordained in the Bible, you know, because I'm a spiritual person, to see that it's already in the Bible and it's already... So that that is where my conviction, that is where my go-ahead comes from, you know, from being known that, you know what, God created all plants, He created fruits, plants, and if you can find the benefit of a certain plant and find a real benefit out of it, then obviously God made it for that benefit, you know? Absolutely. And what's really fascinating that I have learned um, from theologians is that there's real belief behind the fact that Jesus himself used medical cannabis as one of the tools in his toolbox alongside other essential oils like frankincense. And there's there's been some evidence around that. There's depictions of... Jesus holding uh, the medical cannabis leaf where there are people that are being healed at his feet. And I I found that really cool, honestly, being someone who was raised um, to follow the Bible as a Southern Baptist in a small town of Tennessee that I grew up in, you know, having having been taught that this is so such a negative thing to consume. But then yet to now know that this this plant has been consumed since 8000 years prior to the written word and beyond. And I probably wanna I, I probably wanna say everybody probably used it back then, you know. Yeah. Everybody it was like the most one of the most normal herbs that like you go into the any market, I guess, and you get the herb. No, absolutely. But because of the change because of, you know, obviously those days it was free free, you know, you could live anywhere, you can walk anywhere and build a house. Obviously now you have to buy land. So now everything's changed, so now that knowledge that we have to now regain its its fuel to, you know, now be able to speak about it. Now this knowledge is being, you know, able, now now we can get this knowledge to use and even spread and teach more people about this ancient plant that has been being used ever since, but all of a sudden it has been deemed extinct and not be, to be used, you know. Absolutely, and, and I think that probably what a lot of listeners don't really understand is this plant has been used as medicine as I mentioned, for thousands and thousands of years, except for the last 80 years, where we had this whole political uprising with William Randolph Hearst and Harry Anslinger. Anslinger was looking for a political platform that he could stand on that would allow him to to gain really more political power. And Hearst owned the newspapers, and he was able to, before social media ever existed, use these new newspapers to publish what they deemed called yellow journalism, I believe is what they would call it. And that's when the whole reefer madness thing started. And that's when they started calling cannabis marijuana. And yes. use xenophobia and racism to push this plant onto yes. a Schedule One, deeming it the most dangerous substance on yes. the planet with zero medical benefit, which I find me, I insane. Yeah, very crazy. And for me personally, I can't make what one 
single person in the whole universe's idea controls everyone's thoughts. That doesn't, that's, that doesn't make no sense to me. No. So it's started by one man, and all of a sudden, the whole world is... Everyone needs to realize it was one person that made this bad Exactly. Um, and why you know, is it one that... Person. <laughs> I, I went to Congress twice this year fighting for legalization, specifically for research, just so that we can move some of our cancer initiatives along. And I was shocked yeah. at how many congressmen I met with who still to this day thought it was for glaucoma and pain. And that was literally it. And these are people who are using their political power to rally around this plant, but yet they're still so uneducated about it. They were open to hearing about it, and they were excited to understand and learn that there was really a lot more behind it. But I was I was pretty shocked. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not a it doesn't leave a nice taste in the mouth. No, absolutely not. And now, because of the way you were raised, Julian, I'm sure that culturally there was a bit of a different kind of I don't know uh, attitude. Well, I would say around people that were consuming cannabis because I know personally when I consume well, and I'm a microdoser, I. I you know, I have, I've never done a dab hit before because I think that'd probably put me in the corner and make me cry for my mama. I don't really use it either. <laughs> yeah, I, right? I don't really use it either. But I'm such a happier person. I'm a better mother. I'm a better wife. It actually makes me smarter. What was it like growing up for you in a culture where cannabis was accepted compared to living in a society, let's say in Florida, for example, where it's more demonized? I mean, people are becoming more open to it now, but it's still very, very much behind where, how you were raised culturally around the plant? What, what were well, the differences me, like? As I'm saying, for me, growing up around, you know, with her being in the the, 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 the air or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, for me, we grew up to know that herb goes with your Bible and herb goes with praying. Mm-hmm. So herb for me is a sacramental plant that we use in spirit, for spiritual reasons, you know. So that is the first thing. And then you get to find out that it's good for your meditation, which is the same spirit. Everything comes back down to spiritual reasons, because if you meditate, that is spirituality. Right. You know, and if you're, even if you're healing yourself with nature, and that is still a spirituality also, because everything comes from Mother Nature. We all come from the one creator, you know. Mm-hmm. So just to know that we come from a Rasta background, you know, and Rasta made that con- that connection with herb and rasta and and god you know right so that is how i was introduced to the herb mm-hmm. i was introduced to herb like hey here's a drink you hear smoking <laughs> food no i was when i get introduced to herb there was no drink around you know right we you know so it wasn't it's not like we smoke and a party so sure solely is always medicating you know, is your spiritual medication, is your mental, you know, your ment- mental wellness, because, you know, the daily stress alone is a sickness, you know? I agree, and it really so seems to smoke, quieten the noise for me. Yeah, well, that's what it is, especially probably living in different parts of the world. Like yeah. LA now, LA is very busy. Yes, <laughs> it's very you live in the rat race. Of, <laughs> you live in the mountains of... Um, highest mountain somewhere, you might not need no herb because right. you're already high already, you know? <laughs> you're in nature, so yeah, you're no. already... So, yeah, 
herb is a very important plant, you know. Agreed. And, and I'm I'm also very, I, I consider myself very spiritual. Um, I believe in God. Yeah. I was raised on the Bible, but I'm the kind of person that believes that religion should be all about love and acceptance. And I believe we all so come from only, the same God. Yeah. God is love. love. God is love to me. And I feel like this plant truly brings me closer to God. I I have sometimes these spiritual experiences where I almost feel like I'm getting these downloads of information where my mind is so open and my heart is so open and all of the stresses and struggles. I mean, I've endured pediatric cancer for six years. You've, you know, had a, a, a tumultuous uh, existence, especially recently yourself. And for me, this helps me find perspective um, I have this saying where, and I, and I really truly, truly lie to, try to live by it, where living in the past is depression, living in the future is anxiety, and so you just got to stay present. And if you're present, then you're able to see all of these beautiful things right in front of you, whereas otherwise we completely miss and pass us by because we're so hyper-focused on the drama that has already happened in our lives that we're holding on to or the worries of what is going to happen or what's not going to happen or what we're not going to achieve or, well, you know? Well, like, like you say, you know, yeah, I don't, we know where we are today and I keep it open-minded so I could go as far back as creation or I could go as far as even in the future mm-hmm. I want to, within my own meditation, you know? Sure. Because the way I see it now, you know, you know, as we said, the herb is a, a lifesaver once, once we have the right education on it, you know. And as you say, it, it, it gets you in line, gets me in line spiritually with God. Yes. So when, I, when I speak to God spiritually with the herb, he's telling me, say, yes, you know what, now I have a thing called everlasting life for you. Yeah. So the more you can teach the people about the righteousness and justice and the herb and the music and the goodness of the word of goodness, you know, <laughs> then hopefully we will get that gift, you know. So the herb is that connection to slow you down from this fast-paced world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As, as soon as you open your window, something's, you know, something's diverting you. Oh, I, um, maybe, I hear you. <laughs> I mean, even 10 minutes to just say, give thanks for the day, you know. No, I completely agree. It's, um, you know, I, I have a very chaotic life living in L.A., running multiple companies, having a child who just got off of chemo after six years, the turbulent world of having a cannabis company, which is honestly, if you're thinking about getting into medical cannabis right now or recreational cannabis, run, (laughs) give it some time to work itself out. Because the challenges that we're enduring right now from a political standpoint are very, very, very hard Um, is really the only word I can think of right now. It has been one of the worst two years as an entrepreneur of my life trying to navigate yeah. the regulatory. How does that make you feel when, I mean, I know I know how it makes me feel when, I, when I've worked with tens of thousands of patients and I see how this plant helps them feel better, get better. Um, I mean, the anecdotal evidence and the observational studies that we have are, are crazy when you're looking at kids with autism, people have seizures, uh, people with cancer. Anxiety, you know, fibromyalgia, PTSD, debilitating diseases that 
there's a lot of pharmaceuticals available for, but oftentimes they just don't work. I mean, does this make you, it's got to make you probably even madder than it does me in these situations because you've been in this so much longer than me. How does it, how does it make you feel? It makes, uh, to me personally, I don't even look at anything. I know people is the power. People is, because no matter where, you know, no matter who the guy is, they need people. Mm-hmm. You always need people to make it move. Nobody can say, I am this person, move. Right. No one's not listening to you, they're not moving, you know. So what we need to do is spread this word as far as the ends of the earth and come back around again. Agreed. You know, this new awareness of the plant, this health in general, and what's bad for you and what's good for you. Because along with the herd, you still have to be eating right. You know, you have to be thinking right. Because if you're not thinking right, and if you're not living good, neither, well, then you're going to be... Those who don't live good, like, I would say, they're, they're more stressful because they're thinking about how to do something else. Instead yeah. of living good and, you know, stress-free, they're always trying to see, how can we do the next thing? How can we do this? Mm-hmm. That's what brings on, you know? Yeah, and what Dr. Jude has taught yeah. me, which which you know through the research that we're doing, is that it's yeah. these very stresses that lead to inflammation in our body. It's eating these poor diets that lead to inflammation in our body. And inflammation is the silent yeah. killer. Inflammation will break our natural killer cells. And our natural killer cells is what's fighting the cancer in the first place and, and helping to keep yeah. us healthy. And cannabis is, it helps just, like I said, quiet and that noise down. And I believe, personally, that if everyone yeah. on this planet was consuming cannabis, we'd have less wars. We'd have less spousal abuse. <laughs> people wouldn't be rioting in the yeah. streets. I think that people would be much more yeah, at peace. You know, a guy would say to his next friend, hey, hey sit down and talk about it, man. Exactly, exactly. All of, all of a sudden, he feels creative in his mind. He feels like he can see something more than what you were seeing before. I've personally you know? never seen a brawl or a bar fight break out because people were high. Not once. No. <laughs> Not my Drink, whole life. Drinking on the other hand. Uh, absolutely. And what's crazy to me, Julian, is that, you know, we know alcohol can kill you. And we know there's a lot of people out there in rehab today. We know that cigarettes can kill you. We know that neither of these um, these these narcotics, whatever you want to call them, alcohol and tobacco, neither of them are healthy in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. However, you can walk into any convenience store today, as long as you're 21 years of age, and purchase these. And poison yourself. And and just go go at it. You can drink yourself under the table and smoke a carton of cigarettes a day, and nobody's ever going to say a thing about it. But consuming right. cannabis not only can get you locked up and imprisoned, which many people to this day are still in jail for this plant, yeah. which is a big social equity movement that um, I'm happy to be behind and a part of because people of color are being un, um, unfairly demonized specifically in this category. But that people are being locked up for a plant that is actually life-saving in many circumstances. Right. So right now we need to just make this news. We need to get out this information that makes it. Once you put out information that, hey, you know what? This works. Yeah. Education Nobody can fight it. You know, like when the sun rises, nobody can tell you, oh, the sun's not up. You know what I'm saying? When the sun rises, the whole world sees the sun. You know? And that is why I am so thankful for people like you and grateful that you are on this podcast today because that is the number one intention 
for myself yeah. and my family and people on our team yeah. is to spread education and to let people really know that this is a plant that not only isn't going to kill you unless you get too high and decide you can fly off a roof <laughs> and then the impact alone will hurt you, but the cannabis itself won't kill you. Before you jump off the roof, you're going to sit down in the couch and go to sleep. Exactly, okay. right? And have some nachos. <laughs> exactly. So wake up and say, oh, I feel well rested and I feel good. Exactly, exactly. All the pains are gone. I, I 100% agree. Well, you know, keep up the amazing work. And speaking of amazing work, you have been nominated for a Grammy for Reggae Album oh, of the you. Year for As I Am, which is, I, I just got chills all over my body. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that, that has got to be, like, I can't even imagine sitting back and getting the call that yes. something I've created is being recognized as literally the best album of the year in the category. What did it feel like when that call came in? Well, it feels good to know that, you know, the music is getting recognized, you know. That means that you're doing something right, you know. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> Absolutely like, something right. We did something right. I guess I'm singing on key. <laughs> yeah. And this is your first so, album you know, in 10 years, right? Yes. Yes. Now, so, I, you know, it's humbling. It's humbling and it's a good feeling to know. Yeah, man. Good to, because all we want to do is spread that me- the good message. Sure. You know? All we have is a message for the people, you know, and when we see that, you know, it feels good to know that, you know, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was uh, I was lucky enough to um, come to one of your concerts. Julian, for yeah. all of those listening, let me, Josh and Sophie, my husband and daughter, come on stage. And we were one of, I don't know, like maybe 10 people that were standing on the yeah. stage behind Julian and the band dancing, which was kind yeah. of one of those awe shocking moments for me because I was like, that's Julian Marley and he's like 10 feet away from me. <laughs> this is like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and the music was so amazing. I've got video of little Sophie like swinging her hair back and forth and she was closing her eyes and I've never, I've never seen a child feel music like she felt that night. Right. So thank you for that incredible experience. Yeah, it was it was a really, really beautiful night. And and I know that this album is a bit bittersweet for you. And I, you know, as much as I hate to jump into this because I'm having so much fun keeping it uplifting, I think it's really important for people to understand what's been going on with you. Is that yeah. little Sophie? Oh, Julian, I have someone to come in and say hi to you. Hey, so All right. do you wanna do you wanna come in and say hi to your buddy Julian? All right. Uh-huh. Hey, buddy, you got to put some headphones on here so you can hear Julian. You got to you got to put the microphone up. Hi, Julian. Hi, Sophie. How are you? Good. Oh, that's good. I was just telling Julian about how you went on to the stage when he was singing at his concert. Do you remember that? Yeah. How much fun did you have? Uh, so much fun. Yeah? Do you remember? Oh. I like to sing. You look beautiful just the way you are. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Julian, would it be all right if we um, played some of the songs from your album during the podcast? Yeah, well, surely. Okay, fantastic. All right, well, let's go ahead. Okay, babe. <laughs> so let's go ahead and um, jump right back, right back into it. First... Yeah. First album out in 10 years, As I Am, huge success. 
nomination for Grammy. Uh, you got a Grammy nomination for a Reggae Album of the Year. But I know that this has been a bittersweet moment for you. Your daughter yeah. um, was diagnosed with a, an aggressive brain tumor last year at the age yeah. of 10 when yeah. this tour was was beginning. Um, do you want to walk us through a little bit about that journey that you've been on since this diagnosis? Well, yeah. Um, the album, I've been working on the album for basically from like the end of seven, uh, 17, 2017 and 18. We released it we released it basically January, early January of basically this year, which is 2018. Mm-hmm. But, you know, before that, really, I was in Europe. I went on a summer tour, which was last summer, not this summer, or previous summer. And when I came off of tour, which was end of August, you know, I found that my daughter's eye was looking a bit funny. Mm-hmm. You know, one of her eyes was looking funny. So, you know, she went to the emergency center a couple, couple of times and they sent her back home, gave her some drops. She wasn't going away and went to the, do an eye exam. And from the eye exam, they saw pressure behind the eye and sent us right across the road to the hospital, you know, mm-hmm. do, a, I guess, surgery to, you know, just see what's happening. Right. And that's when we got to find out, you know, so basically from September, you know, going through all of that time, um, I was doing some naturopathic kind of um, medications on her, mm-hmm. which obviously I found out that that didn't work because the person wasn't really being fully adjusted. You know, that's yeah. what happens when you have stuff like this and we don't have no research. That's well, why knowledge is key. And this you is know, the hemp oil, it. right, that you're talking about in Florida that you'd gotten from a practitioner there that ended up being well, a is, lot more expensive than it should have been, right? Or was that prior? But that's pr- well, this, when I got the hemp oil, it was after. Got it. Because being down here, it's so hard to get it here. Mm-hmm. And they're only offer, they only offer you the normal, you know, the normal hospital medication, which is, we don't really agree with that neither, you know. Sure. We don't agree with all of those drugs. Chemo, radiation, the cut, poison, yeah, burns yeah. of the world. Yeah, at the end of the day, they still tell you, say, it's not going to really do the trick. Sure. So why... Why put her through it? That when you could, why you could go research and probably do something, go do the right thing that you're supposed to do. If right. you can find it. That was our problem. Couldn't find it, you know. And this was, so, she'd been diagnosed with a stage four aggressive well, brain three. tumor, correct? Stage three. Oh, stage, stage three at the time. Yeah. And so, so what did you do after that? So you, you tried some holistic approaches. You found yeah, some hemp oil. We've been, doing, we've been doing holistic approaches since, well, she was doing it from January of 2018. So when we found out what happened in September, by October, they did the surgery. They found out what, what, what it was. Mm-hmm. So you need October, November, you're recovering, you know? Right. And then December, so we said, okay, here's the holiday now. So let, let the holiday, go through the holiday. And when January comes now, we go somewhere, do something. So here comes January, and I released my album at that time also, and um, 
at that time we found this doctor that is here in Miami mm-hmm. that was claiming to be the same, the, the, scent, the, 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 the gracious scent one. Mm. That's when you, you have know? to be careful. Is when yeah, people start when making claims like that, just so everyone knows if someone tells you that you have a loved one with cancer and they can cure that cancer, run. Because no one can make yeah. those claims yet. We do not have the science behind it. We don't know what strains or what doses work for which diseases. And we definitely don't know based on the different types of mutations that can drive these cancers because no two cancers are created equal. So carry on, Julie. And Yeah, for me, and, you know, without having that knowledge, you will never know that. The first person that right. comes and say, I know, and if you look like you have credentials, mm-hmm. then it sounds very promising, you know? Absolutely. But a promise is a counsel to a fool, you know, as the Bible would say. Mm-hmm. So we found out by working with this doctor in for January, February, March. April, we got to find out that, wait, something, look, you know, April looked kind of, started seeing a change, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm wondering what's happening here. And then the doctor person was saying, oh, detoxing. I said, detoxing? Hmm. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, sometimes I find myself being like very, you know, I could say, yeah, Julian, you've been a fool. Was, <laughs> it a, was she getting somebody. worse or better, Julian? Was, was the response? Well, worse. Because, it was getting yeah, worse. And I, she was saying she was detoxing yeah. and that's why she was getting worse. Right. My so goodness. Vomiting, doing the vomiting and stuff like that. But after a little while, then we started to kind of catch on a bit more. And then when we called the doctor, we found out that we all of a sudden unavailable, you know. <sighs> so that's when I realized, oh, she realized that things is going downhill. away and her, she can't really, she knows that she can't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? When you got charged Doesn't an enormous amount sense. of money for this treatment, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sad so, part know, about it. Wolves, wolves in sheep clothing. You yeah. Know, like people that say they want to be doing good. Just like all these other people that are trying to they, they're just giving you something to slow it down, but they have, there's an answer. But if you give everybody the answer, then you won't make no money. Right, exactly. Well, and or they hear the name Marley, and they're like quadrupling the fee. <laughs> you know? Maybe got, I'm talking about the whole world, Tracy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's normal people who don't even have maybe the connections that I might have or I might not have, you know. Sure. Normal people that want treatment, you know, it's very rough. Yeah, it's... You um, have enough money to fly to Mexico <laughs> or to fly to Russia or to fly wherever they go where someone says, we have something to help your life. You'd be surprised you how know, many times people have told me they can cure my daughter with one random thing or another. And I go to look it up and do research on it, and there's no clinical evidence. There's very little anecdotal observational evidence. And they're trying to charge, you know, eight to $10,000 for a 30-day supply. And it's, it's sad because when your parents, like us, who have a sick child, you will do literally anything to save your kid. And you are so Most desperate. Most of these people, yeah. Most of these people, maybe it will help, like, if you caught it very early or if you want to do, like, preventative stuff. Mm-hmm. But when they come in with their stuff at a certain time, that stuff is, it has no use at this moment. We've passed that, you know? Right. 
Right. Is it coming with your bag of vitamin C? It's past vitamin C now. You know? Well, and it was that point. You know, like, is it? Is it at that? Then yeah. at that point that you guys decided, okay, this isn't working. We got to try something else. And is is that when you guys decided to come out to California? Yeah, but yeah, when we came out to California, as you see, we came out right at the last moment of time. Yeah. Because I believe you guys were like and right at the nine month mark, and um, it was about yeah. a nine month, yeah, nine month expectancy for this type of diagnosis. Correct. Is that accurate? Somewhere around there. And they even told me more months, too. Yeah. Yeah. So for me personally, you know, when you have those kind of things, if you're not attacking it directly with something, the more, even if you eat a lot of protein and vitamins, you're going to be feeding the sickness. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't, you're going to be depleting your body. Well, and, I, and, you know, unfortunately, this did not have a happy ending. And there's a lot of parents out there that are going to be listening to to this podcast because of who Sophie and I are and because of the the challenges that we've gone through. And, and our journey is nowhere. I can't like even really compare because the, the diagnosis that she has is, is it's a longer protocol on chemotherapy and it's a you know longer, longer treatment yeah. program. But it's it's something that's survivable. How have you like you've had to remain in the public eye? You've made the yeah. choice to come out and be open and honest about this, which is a very difficult choice to make. It's an admirable one, and I am grateful that someone that has a voice like you has decided to do this because it helps people like me and, and other parents out there who really end up feeling quite alone because cancer is a very lonely yeah. diagnosis. You're no longer the cool family. Nobody really wants to hang out with you anymore. You're too sad to be around, and and you end up losing yeah. a lot of the people that you care about. But but you've been so strong through all of this, and you've been like this kind of shining light for me to really, you know, admire and look up to. What, what have you done to stay centered? Uh, my husband and I, we read books, and we talk about our feelings, and we've yeah. gone to therapy. And is there anything unique and special that you've done to try and just keep on a positive track in an otherwise really kind of devastate it's a very devastating situation to have to endure well you know what it is that's why it comes back to god we say rastafari yeah. you know because at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day is rastafari yeah you know? yeah so for me that's the only thing because you know i right now i see the world as 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 a um right now i see earth as a as a challenge. Every day is a challenge in, on Earth. Yes, know? it is. You know, kids is all right because, you know, we get to feed them and we give clothes to them and we, you know, but once you grow up and become a man, have to pay your own bills and have to jump around, you get to find out, oh, so, you know, all of my life is just to be, what, think about, the, the you know, the work and pay bills and money. No. So that is, if, if it was just about that, I would be lost. Yeah. Know? But because I know it's a, She's a she's a child, and God says all children enter His kingdom without judgment. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. so when I look at that, that is my that is all I need. Yeah, yeah, that's my because I want to be obviously I love we all love our children. Yeah, those that are here and those that are there. You know, and yeah, I've I've taken a similar approach honestly, and it's it's taken the last year of my life to really wrap my head around what I believe 
the afterlife yeah. and the earth to be. And, and it all started with this book called God in the Afterlife by Dr. Jeffrey Long. And it's the highest concentration of near-death experiences ever recorded studied and published and you have to qualify for like seven out of it's so good julian i've got a whole list of books that i'll actually send you i will i i (laughs) signs in the secret language of the universe i mean there's um there's there's so many of them that 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 are that really help you understand that life as we know it is kind of like a boot camp our souls go in this boot camp yeah you see because we are every single person on earth has that divine power Absolutely, you know, absolutely. But, it, but it's only, but it's only enhanced once you put yourself in the right frame of mind, the right frame of thinking. Your heart, you know. We call it pure heart, pure thoughts, pure thoughts, pure heart. I love that. Yeah, yeah we. I mean, it's only love, and you know. The, we've come to that same understanding that we truly believe that Sophie chose to have this tumor way before she came onto this earth, that we chose to come to this planet together. We chose to suffer and through that suffering, evolve our understanding of the world and to advance our souls and also to help the people on this planet, that we were sent here to make the world a better place to live. But that has come with its challenges. And and every time something really, really bad happens, I think about that. Yeah, and then for me also, when something comes and hits you, you know, I almost think about, you know, when my father says, get up and stand up for your right. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I just got chills. I love that song. Yeah, so when I, when I come to get up and stand up for your right, it doesn't care how big the guy is. He was once a baby one time. His yeah. mother used to change his pampers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I, when I remember that guy when he was a little baby and he couldn't do nothing, I'm like, so what are you trying to do now? Now, even you're big now, but remember, used to be... You know? Yeah. So you couldn't know you was, no one was born big. So once I remember you as a child too, just like myself, you know, I have my own way and I'm going, we're going to make that way known. It's a battle, you know, between health and sickness, mm-hmm. good and bad, right and wrong. So all that is on the good side is for health, love, life, you know? Yeah. So the, the the battle that we're facing now is people that benefit off of sadness, sickness, you know. So there is someone that's benefiting, but our oh, thing yeah. is benefiting is, is for the people, you know, and that is a God sent gift. So once we know that, we have to speak. We have to speak. We we will not hold our mouth. And because my daughter didn't get no help. I am, you know, I'm not holding my mouth when it comes to talking what I know is right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I want to thank you for, again, for using your voice. You've been so supportive of my company, Canna Kids, and the research that we're doing. Uh, and I made you a promise. I promised you that I was going to do everything that I could to find a cure for these tumors that our daughters have both had to endure. And I am very excited to tell you that we hope to be in human trials in about six months because you and your family were so gracious in allowing us to enroll your daughter in our study. It has helped us really advance our understanding of what's going on in the human brain. And I really hope to continue to walk hand in hand with you to help bring non-toxic protocols to these children and adults alike so that the suffering can finally end. And I know that you've got, you know, a long road ahead of you and, and, and you're so inspirational and and how you're using 
these tragedies to, um, you know, drive positivity in the world and to evolve your understanding of of life and your soul as you know it today. And and I also understand, correct me if I'm wrong, that you might be considering writing a fourth album. And if my information is correct, will you be using some of these challenges to inspire you and to help drive your music? Well, these challenges uh, are always in music because mm-hmm. our music, my, I'll have to speak to myself, but I can't, it's not just myself neither. You know, when you say Rasta music or reggae music, reggae music is supposed to be speaking about all the challenges that you see on earth, you know. Right. It represents, you know, the upliftment of a people. So this is also an upliftment of a people because if we see that, you know, there's no education and they're fighting against the education mm-hmm. of something that is so easy to plant and it's so easy to... But because it make, when you smoke it, you, you know... If you smoke it, those who smoke it, we say, you know, it opens your consciousness. Right. You know? So, you know, if you was thinking cloudy when you smoke the herb, all of a sudden you're going to see, you're going to look through the clouds and you're going to meditate properly and get the right answer because you don't have time to really meditate on it, you know. Yeah. Or if you use it orally or, you know, it's different benefits for your body, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much that we need to get out there to the people, this awareness, this knowledge about, you know, this simple, but amazing and God-sent plant, you know. And some of the best songs ever recorded come from real life, and they're inspired from pain and education yeah. and love and just, you know, going on your own soul's, soul's journey and then sharing that journey with the world. And And I know that um, you know, this is only the second time in the Marley family's history, as I understand it, that um, a, a patient or a family member, I should say, has succumbed to this disease. Your dad being the first where he had melanoma that ended up going to his brain. And then your daughter, who unfortunately passed just a few short months ago, also from brain cancer. How has this fueled you to try and fight this disease? Well, it has fueled me. And because you know, it's an unquenchable fire. It's a fire that cannot be outed by no matter how much water you bring. Mm-hmm. It's a fire where, and the fire that we're speaking about is a fire of knowledge, bringing knowledge to the people. It's, it's, not, it's not something that's going to be, like, it's not a phase. Right. It's not a phase. It's a lifetime mission. It's a movement now. I'm with you, know? you my friends. I'm with you. Yeah. I have, I have, um, I have said that you know, with what has happened with my daughter, I cannot imagine doing anything else in my life for the rest of my life other than working towards cures for these patients who I watch on a daily basis suffer. So, Julian, I want to just thank you absolutely from the very, very depths of my heart for walking this path um, with people like me and for using your incredible music and your incredible family legacy to fight for this plant and to fight for the people's right to this plant. This is a human rights issue that we are not able to get access to something that is so beneficial and not dangerous. It's not going to kill us. It can make us uncomfortable if we don't know how to use it properly, but used properly, it is, it is God's gift to us. So blessings to you and your family. 
Thank you for sharing your very personal journey with me. And congratulations again on the nomination. I'm going to be rooting you on, and I hope to be toasting you in the new year to your uh, to your Grammy win, my friend. Give <laughs> uh, thanks, Chase. Yeah, much love and respect. Much love to you. Have a wonderful night, Julian. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you again to Julian Marley for being on the show today. That's a tough conversation to have. I mean, it's it's one of those situations where as a parent, having to even ask those kinds of questions, knowing the kind of trauma me and my family have gone through, much less, you know, talking to someone who just lost their child. I just have to give a huge, huge loving prop to Julian for being so strong and so resilient and being so inspirational as a father. He really, truly is someone that I continue to look up to. Please continue to subscribe to our podcast. Give us a rating. Share it with your friends. We love educating. We want you to really, truly understand how medically beneficial this plant can be. And we're going to bring you all the knowledge here. We've got a lot of really incredible guests already slated to be joining the podcast coming up. Some wonderful celebrities, some incredible masterminds behind the plant. And they're going to tell you their own stories of survival, their own educational points of view on why this plant is so critical to mankind as we know it. So thank you again for joining Sophie and I today on the Saving Sophie podcast. Don't forget to get them open up your wallet in your hearts. That's and please, nice. please be good boys and good girls. And if you guys have any other suggestions that you want us to consider, other people to bring on the show, topics to cover, things that you want to learn more about, there is more information than I'm ever going to be able to cover in these eight podcasts that they're saying they're going to let me do. We'll see if I get to pull a few more out of my hat. But send in your information. Don't forget to comment and, and send us your recommendations. And we're really looking forward to bringing lots of education, information, and a lot of fun along the way.